It's the 8 for 52 podcast. G'day on Bodders. Bushy here. Bushy, this is the 8 for 52 podcast episode number 15. Two and a half overs. Very proud getting to the third over. Halfway through it, DM us on Insta. As always, you listeners out there, or you can email us as well. Is there any point? Does, is there anybody think, emailing us? I think two or three people have emailed this year. Well, I've got a pretty good chance that we're going to get a lot more later after I go off. But right. email us if you uh, want to say anything. Podcast 852 at iCloud.com. Yeah, reach out, reach out, or DM us on Insta as you is your preferred mode of contact. And what another ripper of an episode we've got coming up in front of us, Bushy. But as always, I like to start with our global reach. Where are we this week? Mm, guten Tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag to our friends in Germany. We're off to Germany. Yeah. You might recall way back in one of the very first podcasts, I mentioned someone was listening in Cham, Germany. No, I don't remember that. Well, it's on the podcast. Go back and have a listen to it. It's like episode one or two. Okay. Uh, It wouldn't be one because they wouldn't have listened to it yet, but uh, two or three. Uh, Then they went AWOL for a while. I don't know where they went, but they're back. They're back. Our listener from Cham. Oh, that is fantastic. Welcome back, Cham. That's absolutely brilliant. And not just Cham. We have our listeners now in Grenzak Weiland. Grenzak Weiland. Yeah. Okay. A little municipality nestled on the border of Switzerland, just well, across the river from Basel. Cricket is a growing sport. So we're on the border of Switzerland and Germany. Mm. People are loving us over there. I love that. We can go all around the world to Germany. And our German friends, we're going to have all last week's games covered in the outs and ins. Hell of a lot to cover, but none bigger than the Fincher Shield. KCC retaining the trophy. What a great game it was. I really enjoyed it immensely. It was fantastic. Get rid of it. Get rid of the two-day Red Bull game. There I am. You went off a couple of weeks ago. This is my stand. This is my hill I'm going to die on, and likely will die on, but that was just a waste of time. What are you talking about? Why would we even think about we should be playing more two-day cricket, not less? Cannot. We haven't got any time, so if we're wasting, got no time to do it any more than once, why are we doing it at all? I accept that. We can't at the moment with the ground access we've got. But red ball cricket is the best form of cricket, and it's where the players can play with that red ball, have it moving about. It's brilliant cricket, and we should be playing more of it. No. And, the, and, the, and what was played on the weekend was brilliant cricket. Never going to be a test-playing nation. Never in a million years, so we're just playing it for fun. We're not trying to be a test-playing nation. It's not about that. But we could be practising more of our white ball cricket that we're uh, focusing on. We've talked about it on previous podcasts. We need as much as we can to get back into our ICC status. I'm going to keep going. Complete rubbish. Nah. Takes another week out of the system, including the Christmas one. That's two weeks out. That's well, there's the going to be PSA. no cricket played on Christmas Day anyway. That's why they play the Red Bull That's game. fine, but it's already a crowded season where we could do with the weekend back. Now, if you're going to take two days to play some cricket, say play a one-day game, Premier League, with points, and then play a couple of T20s on the Sunday. Have a whole weekend if you want to see the players working out hard for a two-day system. But at the moment, that game that we just watched, while it was fantastic, while the Red Bull was zipping around and it was fun to watch, it didn't. there's no points on the line, so it was just a fun game. That is complete rubbish, a fun game. This game has been played since 1946 when the Hancock Shield was brought in out the back of the Second World War after the Hong Kong got, after the Japanese got out of the club. The first one was played at KCC in 1946. Enormous tradition, enormous history in this game, an enormous benefit, especially for the batters facing the Red Bull. I knew you were going to bring up the history, and history changes, my friend. The Fincher Shield sounds like it's been around forever, but it's only been around since I was in primary school. 1980. Yeah, okay. And they didn't play it for half of the 90s, and when they did, guess what? It was a one-day game. The two-day game was played first off in 1946. Yeah, because they didn't have one-day games in T20s back then. Things change, and that's got to change, and I think that that weekend, while it can still be played for the Shield, there needs to be one day and maybe T20. You can still do that. So you want more of the same rather than... Well, it could the, be a different format. And like you said, we could have a one day. We could have the tents. We could have the kids down. Two 2D uh, T20s back to back on a Sunday. It would be marvellous. Complete but that, rubbish. Well, it's better than having one innings each and then going home. Oh, okay, hang on. That's a different discussion. That's a different discussion. Well, it's part of my discussion. Well, I wasn't here on Sunday. Let's talk about that. I wasn't here on Sunday. I was here on all day Saturday with you commentating. I was watching it over, it was Mrs. Botter's birthday, if you remember. I do. So we had commitments, uh, family before Fincher. Um, but what what happened? Why did it finish 
midway through the second session, I was watching it just on the way out to lunch, maybe a little bit on the mobile under the table. But um, wh- why did it finish so early? I, I remember getting the WhatsApp saying, what has happened? Why is there no more telecast? I don't know exactly what happened. There was an agreement, a concession made. If Wakas got his 100, the teams agreed that KCC won, they'll retain the Fincher Shield and they'll all go home. No, I don't think that can be right, okay? We've got one two-day game a year. Surely the players want to play it out. KCC were, what, 130 in front, something like that. They declare... HKCC go out and bat again. Surely the batters want to go out and face the red ball. It's the only chance they get for the year. Surely the bowlers want to go out and face and bowl with the red ball because it's the only chance they get for the year. You've got all the the good and the great from Kowloon Cricket Club, Hong Kong Cricket Club, Cricket Hong Kong, and dignitaries up on the balcony at the lunch, watching the second last session and then waiting for the last session. And then there was a it seemed like a concession. I don't know. It was a concession. The, 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 both teams agreed at the drinks break before Wakas got his 100, and well-deserved, we'll talk about that later, but agreed that the game wasn't going to go on, there would be a, a concession, and KCC would retain the Fincher Shield and they'd all go home, which leads, again, back into my argument, if you're not going to go out there for the second innings, why are you even bother playing? Which is a different argument. It's this, part this of my part, This part I agree with. I, I'm not even sure that that's correct, what you just said, but... What what do you think could have possibly happened? I have absolutely no idea. I just can't believe that both teams wouldn't want it. The KCC wouldn't have wanted to go for the outright. If one team didn't agree, they would have had to keep playing. I just can't believe that KCC wouldn't have wanted to go for the outright and rub the salt into the wound of Hong Kong Cricket Club and that Hong Kong Cricket Club wouldn't have wanted to come out and save some pride and go to Stumps at none for a one for. Well, then uh, you, you need to go have a chat to Jamie and Kinshit and find out what happened. That's pretty much as far well, as I'm aware. business, like, really. Like, like an over before the concession, I was doing the calculations on when KCC were going to declare and put HKCC yeah, that's back what in. I, that's what I was looking at. I thought, declare then, you've probably got another 40 overs at them. You're a chance of bowling them out, right? No, no problem. Then you win outright, grind them into the dirt. Nah, bin it. So, anyway. So if they want to... So hang on. So you reckon... the. We'll stay out here if Wakas gets his 100. What about Dan Pascoe? Why not hang around? If you're going to hang around, if you're going to bat, right, why not hang around and see if Dan Pascoe can get his 50 and then see if he can get his 100, if that's your theory, right? That, that makes no sense to me. I don't get it. No, no arguments from me and I'm there, sure buddy. if you're up on the balcony and the, the dignitaries and you're you know, supporting the game of cricket... And you Hadn't even finished lunch. They were still in there lunching. And all the people watching on YouTube and Facebook, of which there were thousands as far as the views are concerned... Including, no, they're still pack- I, I including don't get Matt it. Botfield at his lunch. Exactly. I don't get it. Anyway, anyway, we'll talk sp- you know, more specifically about the actual scores and who did what um, when we get into the outs and ins. Then we'll move through into the ins and outs. We've got one day Premier League back this weekend, which would be good. Same two teams playing in a one day are up at HKCC and then a game out at Mission Road as well. We'll talk about that later. Uh, three Div 1 games this weekend in the Saturday League. We'll have that covered. And just the one in the Saturday Div 2, Sky Plaza Road. It's mothballed, Bushy. It is mothballed, having a snooze before Christmas. Back in the new year, though, it'll be huge in the new year, Sky Plaza Road. And we're definitely having Bushy's birthday bonanza this week. Absolutely. It'll be a good one. My story's going to be a good one as well. Chris Carter, the wicketkeeper, batter, ex-international, retired from international cricket in his early, very early 20s, actually. He's going to be joining us later, and that'll be a really good interview, I am sure. This is the 8 for 52 podcast with Bodders and Bushy. Let's get on with the show, Bushy. Giddy up. It's time for Outs and Ends. A full wrap of senior cricket games in Hong Kong from last weekend. Here's Botters. Outs and Ends for episode 15 and we'll kick it off bushy with the Premier League today. The Fincher Shield. Covered a little bit about it in the open and we'll cover a little bit more. Get rid of it. it We're not getting rid of it. (laughs) Anyway, continue on. Fantastic thing. It's a fantastic match. Uh, Probably would have liked to see it play out the whole two days, but anyway, it wasn't. But... HKCC, they batted first, they won the toss, and it was the right decision to bat first, it really was, and they got off it to a pretty good start. They were two for 111, and uh, they were in control at that point. And Anchi lost his wicket, he went for 52, he batted well, uh, dug in, he faced 95 balls, bushy. He uh, did well, it was two for 111, it was looking uh, looking HKCC going well, right? Yeah, and then penciled them in, that was going to go big score, 300 we were talking, that was just going to grind the game. At that point, two for 111... 
99% chance HKCC were going to win. Yeah, but it was really tight as well. I mean, the, the bowling for KCC was fantastic. Jay Davidson and Azaz Khan both bowled really long spells, uh, really tied them down. Uh, but 2 for 111, they were right in the game, then boom, and it all fell apart for them. Mate. For yeah. 41. Yeah, it really was. Eight for 41 in the end. Three for Davidson. Two for Azaz Khan. Two for Atik Iqbal, who was tremendous. 15 overs. Eight maidens. Two for 24. And then Dan Pascoe chipped in with three for 17 at the end. So there's real contributions from four of the five bowlers. And uh, and they went through them. They were all out for 152 at the end. And a wackus bucket. You never see that, really. Three overs, none for 16, and got dragged. Uh, he might have come out a little angry when they came out to bat later on. Yeah, he took three catches, though, and uh, did well. And then uh, it was KCC's turn to bat. They kicked it off uh, during day one, of course. They went out for their innings. And what happened there at the top of the innings, Bushy? Oh, it starts here and there. First wicket fell at 22. The big wicket above a high. That's when, again, we thought the game yeah. was over. Out for two off 12, caught behind off the bowling of Ayu uh, Shukla, who bowled incredibly well on that first day. I uh, thought the game was again in HKCC's hands. Bimsaria and Atkinson had a really good partnership. They put them in the game. I think at Stumps on day one, there was about 52 runs left for uh, KCC to have that first innings win. And everyone's thinking, well, there was only four wickets in hand. I think it was six for, it was six over, for. Six for overnight. And was thinking, well, we're running through all the parameters. The one parameter we didn't really run through was KCC kicking away. And what a, what a knock from a T-kick bowl came in. We can, came, came in after we we skipped over a little bit, but that uh, collapse at the end, there was the two late wickets for KCC. That, that's what put HKCC little back of, in hand. A little bit of controversy oh, at Bimsaria's dismissal. Oh, a little bit's doing heavy lifting there, buddy. Uh, yeah, that kicked on. Sonny got out, caught behind. He thought there was some movement behind the sight screen, and Zaz Khan down the other end wasn't happy, and he got out next over. So, again, then the night watchman, Atik Iqbal, came in. Yeah, he did, and uh, he was there overnight and came out in the morning and ended up putting on 38, which was fantastic. And then Wakas Barker with his big 100, supported amazingly well by Dan Pascoe with 35. And at that point, it was 8 for 284. And at that point, you think KCC are going to probably declare and roll, uh, try to roll HKCC over. But the game was conceded, and I still don't understand why. We covered it in the opener. I really don't. I know what your theory is. You know, Shukla took four. Rangapur took four. They were the, all the wicket takers. But, you know, make a declaration. Get them out there. See if you can roll them over and win the game outright. The history of the game. The privilege of being out there and playing. Um, I think a Mahmood might have dropped three, which would have changed the game as well for right. HKCC. They were tough chances. Two of them were... Straight off the middle, went straight through the hands. One broke his webbing. Yeah. Uh, but they're the chances you take if you want to win. And in the end, KCC get the win with the concession and uh, first innings points. Yeah, first innings victory. They retained the Fincher Shield. You know, it would have been really nice to see it played out for another couple of hours, but it didn't turn out that way. So that's it for the year. The one red ball game that Bushy once scrapped. 1946 it started. Tremendous history. 1946 to 2023. Rest in peace. Bushy wants it gone. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to Sunday Division 2. I don't want to get rid of the Shields. I never said that. I just say that I think the format needs to change. Anyway, carry on. All right, Sunday Division 2, where we have the Dragons up at uh, Mission Road, up against the LSW Knights, and both of us... Oh, actually, I need to go back to the tips. Uh, Potters, of course, tipped KCC. Bushy tipped HKCC. 1-0 for Potters. Sunday ah. Division 2. Dragons Knights, where we both tipped the Dragons, and... It was the only uh, Sunday league game. Um, Dragons took them on and uh, went into this game both having only the one win each. Dragons having beaten the Knights earlier this season. Knights batted first and a brilliant 117 off 109 from Bodhi Guya. Opened. Oh, he opened and uh, totally led the way for the Knights. No one else topped 30, but a few 20s and a big high extra count, actually, a 34, allowed the Knights to get to... 282 all out in the 48th. Yeah, last week in the podcast I suggested that uh, uh, CCC were getting a new player in through Hung C, but he came back straight into the Dragons. Danny Lee opened the batting and, or number three perhaps, and bowled as well, but it wasn't enough. The Dragons were two for 14 when the fight back started. Bobby Chan 57, then Nate Kenchub 57 also, and 
The run machine, Jason Loy, 44, but none of them could convert it into a real big one. The tail went without a fight, and they were all out for 209, going down by 73. Yeah, good win for the LSW Knights there. Really was batting leaderboard. Loy's still on top. He's, uh, what, 440 at 88 now. Mo Khan, 300 at exactly 100. Ben Zanol, he's third, 224 at 74.67. Bowling leaderboard, Dragons, Arthur Choi. He extended his lead at the top. He's gone up to 14 now, Bushy. Two Fires from the LSW Knights. He's a clear second on 12. Kashar from the Optimus and Parispreet Singh. They're on 10. They're on an equal third. Take us through the table. Okay. At the top, still clear. HKCC Wanderers on nine points. On six points, the Optimist. Five points for the Lions. KCC Infidels on four. Now joined by the little Saiwan Knights, also on four points, but difference on net run rate. And down the bottom, with just the two points, is the CHK Dragons. Yeah, Wanderers... As I said last week, look off and gone there at the moment. Infidels, though, pretty well placed. Only four games for their four points. But the Lions and the Optimus in front of them at the moment. So anything can happen. Could be a tight Sunday Div 2 on to Saturday Div 1. Nomads versus the Yodders. This is the only game in Saturday Division 1. But it was a good one with both teams in the title battle. Nomads bat first and they were 2 for 14. And the game changes with the next wicket falling at 201. Sahal Malvankar, there he is again. Seem to talk about him every week. 116 off just 74, and also a century for Matt Rossley. 100 off 88. They led the charge as the Nomads posted 8 for 291 off 35 overs. Now, I didn't mention it in the two-day game, but there was a confusion with the team lists during the game. Raghapur wasn't even ticked, and Sahal Malvankar was, but he was over there up the hill, Playing for the Nomads and scoring 116. Perhaps if the HKCC had had him, it might have been different. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was a big well, concession from Jamie Atkinson to go against the team list. It was an honest mistake. It was one that shouldn't have happened, but it was an honest mistake. And, uh, yeah, Sahal Malvankar went up and got 116 off 74. Leading run scorer for the division, Anker Vashivista scored 44. And Hamid Khan top scored with 58 off just 35. But the task was... Far too great. 209, a good score, but not a winning score. Nomads home easily. Yeah, they fought back. They lost a couple early, but they're fighting. They were finding their way back into the competition. Once the batting leader bought absolutely no change from last week in order. Vashishta, he's still top, but he's now 269 at 67.25. Samad Khan remains second, 196 at 39. Pranav Shah, Skywaris, 183 at 36. Bowling leader bought. Ah, Shelton Jade de Cruz. He's now top. He's got 11 wickets. Sky Warriors pair of Harris Muhammad and Devendra Singh. They dropped to equal second. They've got 10 each. Take us through the table of the 12 teams. Shelton having just a great season table. It is at the top. The Gap Ramblers, eight points from their six games, but there is just a backlog behind them, a traffic jam, and some haven't played six yet. The Tartars haven't played six, and they're uh, on seven points. Uh, they've only played the five. Nomads have played six and on seven points. The Lions only played four on seven points. Uh, then we've got the Sky Warriors and the Yodders also on seven points but played six. On five points, it's the Lama Cricket Club. Four points for the Charlie Bears. The Punjab Lions on three points, joined on three points by the PACC Rising Stars. The KCC Crusaders on two points. Also Jing Sung right there at the bottom on two points. Yeah, looking at that, I mean, the Lions, mentioned again last week, they're really well placed. Just the four games on seven points trying to chase down the Ramblers. It's a really tight, nice comp there. Saturday, Div 2, Witherers, Kaitak at PKVR. Witherers batting first, and the Dragon star, Jason Loy, with a not out, 86. He led the way. He was ably supported by Charlie Bright with 74. Ziggy also helped out with 30. Pro part of a 57 opening partnership, and the Witherers, were three for 226 off their 35. Chris Ryan did superbly finishing 95 not out off 84, but it wasn't enough as Kaitak after 35 for eight for 196 going down by 30, and we both picked the Witherers. Yeah, we did indeed. Saracens hung C. Saracens batted first, and Yaz Deswani was an absolute standout with 78 off only 67. Young Guns, Butani and Walsh chipped in. With low 20s, and Saracens were very well placed at 8 for 207 after their 35. Hung Si chipped away and chipped away. No half centuries, but Jonathan Chia at 49 and Adrian Lai 
led the chase and were quite amazing. They run down the Saracens total in the final over. Two balls remaining. Seven for 208. Hung CC, their first win of the year. Now, you talked about Yaz in a 78. She was not the first female player to score a half-century in Saturday game. We believe that honour goes to Natasha Miles. But we do believe she is the first female player to wicket-keep and score over the 50 mark. So well done to KCC's newest recruit, Yaz Dazwani, who is joining us on the commentary on Sunday as well. I saw the Saracens walk through the front door after that game, and I asked them individually, how did you lose that game? I thought it was in the bag, and if I didn't get abused or given the dirty eyes, I was just told by the captain, Malhavora, cricket is a cruel game. Yeah, well... You know, you tipped Hung Si, so give credit where credit's due. I was on board with the Saracens, and there's a bit of a rumour going round that the Saracens have stopped listening to the podcast because I refuse to tip them. Well, listen, you Saracens out there, that's why I refuse to tip you, because when <laughs> I do, you lose, all right? So get back on board and listen. I call it how it is. I won't be tipping you again. <laughs> you brought me undone. Bushy goes up 1-0 in Div 2. God. Let's go up to the leaders versus India Club Suras up at Camp Tin. Leaders batted first. 40 to Vish Wanthan. The, yeah, what did he get? He got 40. Yeah, top score. 32 to Venkatash. And not a lot else, to be honest, but helped along with 30 extras. The leaders get to 169 all out in the 31st over. Ujman Marge obviously hasn't lost it. Five for 18 with the ball. Should be a relatively easy chase for the leaders, but they made very hard work of it. We say that quite often. Reading the scores of the top seven, 23, then two, one, one, duck, duck, one. And they were seven for 37. Raman at nine knocked up a 50, but they were rolled for 121, going down by 48. 23, two, one, 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 two, one, one. <laughs> terrible, terrible middle order. Anyway, what, what did we do? We both did the, the India club. Yeah, okay, very good. Move on. Laguna Gully, LSW Thunder. Laguna had only had the one win coming into this, and if you bowled out for 59, it's going to be very hard to win your second game, and that's exactly what happened. All out for 59 with extras top scoring with 18. That's enough said. Yep, that's the last time I'm picking Laguna Gully. Thunder lose five on the way to victory in the 16th with Neil Putwa, 22, and Ant Doshi, 22, not out, and an early shower for all. Yeah, batting leaderboard, Chris Ryan still going well. Kaitaki goes top with 308 at 102. Charlie Bright from the wither as he jumps up, and he's got 249 at 83 now. Rajan, HKU, he didn't play and he dropped the third with 247 at 61. What's the bowling leaderboard? Asad Ashfaq from the Lancers, he's still leading with 17. The gap has closed somewhat. Saranga from the leaders, he's 14. Partha Sarathi, he's 13. What have we got on the Div 2 table, Bushy? Well, at the top, it's the Lancers, but only by one point. They're on 10 points, then two teams hovering below on nine points. HKU and HKCC Witherers. On two points, it's the LSW leaders and the Little Saiwan Thunder. And seven points, we got the Tigers and Kaitak. Four points for the Suriyas. On three points, Centaurs and Laguna Gully. And down the bottom on two points, KCC Saracens and CCC Hung Si. Yeah, tight there up the top and into the middle as far as Div 2 is concerned. And, of course, there's big promotion available for two teams in that one. That is it for outs and ins. And we'll be back next week with another roundup. <laughs> It's time for ins and outs with all the weekend senior games covered. Here's Botters. Ins and outs this week. Two big Premier League games, one day version. Three Saturday Div 1. They're big games as well and just the one in Saturday Div 2. Let's kick it off with Premier League PACC versus LSW at Mission Road. Bushy. Well, I'm not calling that one. I've been moved uh, to up the hill, but I'll still go with my pack Premier. I have heard on the grapevine that the great Asan Khan is back for Little Saiwan. Oh, wonderful. Good. But PACC still too strong. I absolutely, totally agree. PACC will win that one. HKCC, as you mentioned, the one you're calling, versus KCC, which is up at HKCC. Start time for that one, 930. is 9.30. 9.30. 9.30 up the hill. Will be broadcast, as will the PACC LSW game. Bushy, who do you like in that one? Mm, after last weekend, I'm going KCC. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the other way. I think HKCC will get their revenge up there this week oh, in, the, in the one day version of the game. You can get yelled at by certain KCC people. Uh, well, what, <laughs> As what, I did. What's for any different for last week? Yeah, well, I've like lost the whole Saracens. They're not listening anymore. So that's true. But 
Yeah, that's a strong side, that KCC Premier. They're going to be up and about after their two-day victory, and I think they're going to cause an upset up the hill. All right, I'm with the Hong Kong Cricket Club in that one. In Saturday, Div 1, KCC Tartars versus the Punjab Lions, Mission Road. Mm, good game. Yeah, what do you reckon? Tartars. I'm going to go Tartars as well without a great deal of confidence. I, I do like that Punjab Lions side. They're highly competitive and uh, they could definitely spring an upset there. We go up the hill, Nomads. They're back in form. They're up against the Crusaders. Who do you like in that one? Nomads. I'm going to take the Nomads. This is, the, this is exactly the type of game that the Crusaders can win. Now you've been saying that all year and they've proved you wrong. I have watched the Crusaders for many, many, many years and they lose the games that they're expected to win and they win the ones they're not expected to win. I'm going to tip the Crusaders and I'm going to tip them with confidence uh, this weekend. I disagree. Well, you can. I mean, you want to stop Red Bull cricket that's been around since <laughs> 1946. You don't, yeah. I'm, happy. I'm, I'm happy when you disagree with me. Let's go to Lama versus the Charlie Bears. This is up at PKVR. Yeah, I'm off the Charlie Bears now. Lama. I'm on the Charlie Bears. I can't tip Lama at the moment. I'm going to tip the Charlie Bears again with confidence. Saturday Div 2, HKU versus the Saracens out at GDB. What are you going to do here? Out to GDB. This is an absolute no-brainer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going HKU. Absolutely. (laughs) 100% with you. HKU. I tipped the Saracens last week and hung C, bring them undone. I'm done with the Saracens tipping them for this year. I'm with HKU. That is it for ins and outs this week. It's time for my story. Where the elites of cricket in Hong Kong tell us their story. All right, my story is back in episode 15. It took a rest last week, but it's back this week. And what a my story we have. We are joined by the one and only Chris Carter from the Kowloon Cricket Club, the ex-international, the superstar from Kowloon Cricket Club. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. That was a very generous intro, but very excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's all true. That's all true. We've got a few things that we'll go through with you. But as you know, with my story, we like to start where it all began. Where did cricket begin for Chris Carter? Where did you first pick up that bat or ball and all the gloves, maybe, from being behind the stumps? Um, so cricket for me started in Perth. I was born in Hong Kong, but then the family moved down to Perth when I was two. So I spent most of my, my life in Perth. Um, and, you know, WA, Bushy, when I was a very cricket and footy state. So it's cricket in the summer and footy in the winter. So I must have picked up my first bat at the age of six. Um, you know, everyone at school was playing cricket, so I just joined in, fell in love with it. Um, and then it's, you know, Saturday cricket from there. I played for the mighty Scarborough. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Stiller, for those of you that know him, also played for Scarborough. Uh, what's his name? Stoyness was a Scarborough boy. Uh, Marcus Harris has produced a lot of good players. Justin Langer. Hell of a strong club, Scarborough. Yeah, they are. Um, I think even our old Ryan Campbell played for them for a bit. So there's a lot of pedigree there. So I came up through the junior ranks there and then uh, played a lot of school. So, um, yeah, from the age of six. And then the keeping started because... Uh, you know, Saturday league, sorry, Saturday cricket in Perth is very, you do, you bat for four overs and swap sort of thing, or you bowl for two overs, then you field, and the keeping would change every week. So I thought a good way to get involved in the game was, you know, to put my hand up to keep as much as I can. And uh, my coach at the time very luck- luckily uh, allowed me to keep every game. So that's how I fell in love with it, just because, you know, you're always in the game keeping. So that's how that all started. So you said you grew up in Perth, but you were born here in Hong Kong. I remember last year you and I were doing the corporate sixes. You said your family was from was Zimbabwe, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Zimbabwe. So, um, so, so what, what caused the family to move from Zimbabwe to Hong Kong to Perth and, and you obviously moving around as well with that? Yeah, a bit all over the place. Um, but both my parents born and bred in Zimbabwe. Uh, they moved here for pilot jobs in uh, 1993. So my dad came for Cathay Pacific. My mum came to fly at Dragonair, as it was back then, and then they had me here in Hong Kong in 97, Um, and then they wanted to relocate somewhere. They weren't going back to Zimbabwe, you know, for obvious reasons. South Africa, same sort of thing. Uh, UK was too far away from Hong Kong, so they chose Perth, same time zone, you know, short enough flight, seven hours, and we moved down there in 1999, and we were there full time until 2013 when I came back. 
Okay, so 2013, you're around 16 years old at that point in time. Yes. So you finished your schooling up here in Hong Kong? No, so I went to Hale School in Perth for my full 12 years, graduated from there in 2014, but for those final two years, I was in boarding school okay. at Hale. So parents moved here 2013, two years at boarding, and then I was done. That's a very nice school, by the way. Not, not the school I went to. That's a very nice school. Yeah, KCC went on tour there a few years ago before COVID. Well... I was on that. I was part of that tour. Oh, so you've a, been to as Hale. a parent. We went down as a family. No, we didn't get to Hale because it was just at the start of COVID, and Hale wouldn't let us go and play there. <laughs> it sounds like because Hale. they got scared because <laughs> they got scared that it was the China COVID was coming down. We tried to explain to them it was in Hong Kong, and still are trying to negotiate his way through it. But unfortunately, we couldn't get it done. But it was Scarborough, I think, who put their hands up and said, "We'll play you again." Yeah. Right. Uh, so that was tremendous. The boys got all their cricket in, so it was a wonderful yeah, tour good. down to Perth that still a lad at that time with Richie Waite, and it was an unbelievable yeah, tour. Yeah, good group, that one. Yeah, it was fantastic. So then, so you do your boarding school. How do you find your way back to Hong Kong after that? How did so that work? Dad was still flying for Cathay, um, and he got based back in Hong Kong at the beginning of 2013. So instead of commuting like he'd done for years, he was like, right, I'm sick of this, we're moving the whole family back to Hong Kong. Hmm. So that's how I ended up in boarding school. And then the plan was university. So I never wanted to go to university in Oz. Um, cricket, I'd grown up playing it. Every kid wants to play professional cricket, but I was quite academic at school. So it was university, 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 and then maybe flying one day. So 2015, um, the plan was the UK, but a girl got involved in the picture. So I decided as to... As can happen. As yes, can happen. as has happened to many people. And I decided to apply to HKU for the September intake in 2015. That didn't work, so I didn't get in. But just as that happened, the Hong Kong cricket stuff sort of picked up for me. So it was, it was good timing. And then I, I ran with the cricket from 2015 onwards. I was still trying for universities. 2016, I had a place at King's College in London. Um, I'd spent that whole summer playing cricket in Canterbury, which was a good setup from uh, Cricket Hong Kong. They paid for me to go over there. Actually, I like Roy Lamson had a foundation that paid for me and Neenad Shah to go over there. Is that right? Yeah, for two, it was two or three months. And that was a great setup. I, I can get more into that later. Um, but then I came back and then my student visa got rejected. Then I applied for Cathay the first time. That didn't work. And then the next year I had a place at Durham. But I was, I was dead set on my piloting by then. So then I just focused on the cricket for a bit, on getting into Cathay. And then that finally happened uh, beginning of 2018. So you debuted for Hong Kong in the Intercontinental Cup ODI and T20Is when you are 18 years old. Yeah, it's funny. I, looking back, I didn't. I don't really feel like I was 18. You know what I mean? Like you were. I know. I know. <laughs> looking back, it's it's just you weird were. to think how young I was. And God, I was a cocky little kid as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was 18. The first tour. The first tour I actually did. How I got involved with the Hong Kong stuff was, I was doing a bit of backpacking around Europe by myself. So I went to see a friend in Sweden, and then I was on my way down through. I was actually in Copenhagen. And, um, male friend or female friend in male Sweden? Friend this male time. friend in Sweden, okay. <laughs> and then I get a call from Charlie Burke or a text message or whatever, and he's like, Hey, mate, are you still in, in, in Europe? Are you able to come to the UK? And I'm like, uh, Yeah, sure. And that had happened because Jamie Atkinson, the night that they were supposed to fly out to the UK, I don't know what sort of state he was in. He claims he was sober, but he dropped a salad bowl on his foot <laughs> and cut the big tendon in his big toe. Um, so, they, so they needed a replacement and uh, I think they scraped the barrel a bit but I was in Europe and they were like okay let's get them involved so I got, in on, got on a train from Denmark and I had this train ticket purchased so I used the train I went from Copenhagen down through Germany into Amsterdam and then flew to London and caught the train down to Brighton and joined them for the pre-tour that's when they went on to the uh, World Cup qualifiers in Ireland and Scotland. Can I can I just confirm here that you made your international debut for Hong Kong because Jamie Atkinson dropped a salad bowl on his foot? Yes, what? that is true. I, I Mark Chapman was involved as well. <laughs> this is why we do these my stories, right? Because it's fantastic. The only reason Anchi was ever captain was because Bubba walked up to him and said. I don't want to be captain anymore. <laughs> You're captain now. The only reason Bubba's in the team because Azar's spotted him hitting sixes out of the ground and getting six and out. And now we've got Chris Carter ends up in the squad because Jamie's got a tendon off a salad bowl. Yep. And you say Mark Chapman was involved yeah, as well. That was Chaps Jamie involved. was staying at Chappie's house. So I don't know if they'd been out the night before or something. Um, Jamie was in the kitchen. I doubt he was cooking a salad either. That's a bit sus to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> then he dropped the ball on his foot and that cut his now, big tendon. Now, we've had Jamie on the podcast 
I, I don't remember him mentioning this story at all. No, Jamie didn't, but Cart's will. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. No. So you debut at 18, you retire at 21. Yeah. It felt a lot longer than that. So tell, um, t- tell us about, well, we'll cover the three years, but tell us about the retirement at 21. It's weird. I don't think I ever said that I was retiring. It was That's purely... What the press said. I know, the, as the press do, they took a spin on it. I just said I'm taking a break for a while and going to flight school. Yeah. And then all these articles unexpectedly came out saying Chris Carter retiring to become a pilot. The plan was to do the flight school and then come back and, you know, my schedule as a pilot, I get a lot of time off. So the plan was to play as much as I can on my time off. I never officially said I was retiring. Okay, so... Are you still available for national selection? I am, yeah, if, if huh? given the opportunity. It almost happened last year when the, the boys were in Jersey. So I was doing, you know, I was training with Trent most Wednesdays, one-on-one net sessions. And then um, it was the back end of COVID, so there were still a lot of restrictions. But Scotty hurt his thumb and they needed a replacement. Um, so Mark Farmer called me and I was literally going to fly out to Jersey for four days to play two matches. Um, and then for some reason, the injury replacement didn't get approved. So I thought I got my hopes up. I was so excited. Wow. I, was, I was thrilled to be back in the mix. And then uh, yeah, ICC rules dictated I couldn't come. Yeah. Fair enough. And then Trent was like, well, good. We'll, we'll get you back involved when we get back. And then, unfortunately, Trent left the picture. Yeah. Um, work-wise, you know, it'd be hard. It'd be like a lot of people here where they're not available for everything. Um, but what... I would be able to do is, you know, train during the week if I'm here and stuff like that. So I need to score some runs first, Potters. Yeah. <laughs> I've played one game this season. One step at a time. But yeah. no, just talking high level, there is still a desire there, if available and if it works. And if you're scoring runs, yes, I'm scoring there's, runs. Still, there's still a desire there yeah. to represent Hong Kong. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Speaking of representing Hong Kong, I want to go back to what, not the biggest day in Hong Kong cricket, but probably in recent times, the biggest opportunity that was at the end of the day missed was that... Uh, Asia Cup versus India mm. uh, in Dubai, where Anchi and the Cat put on 174 yeah. for the opening partnership. And at that point, a win looked possible. Right? And Bubba came in. You came in at number four mm. in that game. What was going through your head? I mean, that's you're playing India, right? Yeah. What was going through your head? You're a young man. You're 21 at that point in time, only for nine days, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're, nine days, you're 21. What was going through your head when you come out to bat, when you're playing against India and and, you know, a win is possible. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I don't really remember much from it. And that's right. probably just because of the occasion, right? Um, being honest, I don't think anyone of us went into that game thinking we'd, we'd win it. I know that sounds awful to say. Um, a lot of the boys were starstruck. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. But we went into that and how many did they put on the board? Like 300 and two, something? 285. Yeah, our bowlers did a phenomenal job then, didn't they, to, to keep it that low. Yeah. And then, yeah, Kat and Anchi just went out there and absolutely smoked it. And it was so good to see. And I, I was so proud of both of them, particularly Anchi. Like, we roomed together on every tour. Yeah. And it, it was always good to see him scoring runs, particularly against India, knowing I knew then that he wanted and had aspirations what, what for the his IPL next steps, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so then Bubba came in at three, yep. was smoking in a bit. And then, yeah, Kat reviewed an LBW. LB, got, given out LBW, reviewed it, it was still out. And then I came in and I honestly don't remember much of it. Yeah. It was, I, I had Yuzi Chanda bowling his left arm leg spin, yeah. as, I, as I should say, yeah. from one end. And it was just about, I think I was just trying to trust the process. And then eventually I, I nicked off and MS Dhoni caught me. But uh, it might sound cliche, you don't really notice the crowd. I was just trying as much as I could just to treat it as another opposition. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. And unfortunately, from there, the collapse and stuff happened. Yeah. And looking back, sometimes, you know, as I'm trying to fall asleep, I'm like, Jesus Christ, we had a chance to beat India. Um, and what a story that would have been. It would have been one of the biggest upsets in, in cricket history, I think. And uh, I think Hong Kong's got a lot of those stories where we were so close. We've had so many opportunities to do great things. And over those three years I was playing, there were a lot of near misses that would have propelled Hong Kong to a bigger and better stage, more notoriety, more money. Um, and that was one of those that we, we narrowly missed out on. I think, I think you're right. I think people, people forget quickly how close we were to having that Netherlands spot oh, that yeah. they got in, the, in the, the 13. You know, we were, we were so close to, be mm. to getting that and then lost those two games up at Mission Road. Which not I think that's one, the one that hurts the most. Yeah. Um, we were so, so close. And again, we performed very well for 95% of the game. 
And it was the last little bit where I think we needed 13 off the last over. Yeah, yeah. One of our batsmen decided you know, not to rotate the strike, not to take the single. And it was just like, if we got into that 13-man ODI, 13-team ODI series, that's so much money for totally, Hong Kong cricket. Totally different ball game. It's a totally different career path for everyone involved. Um, and something that I want to touch on about is like the money involved in associate cricket in a full-time contract, right? It's not enough to survive on in Hong yeah. Kong. And that would have been such a big catalyst for Hong Kong cricket because I think it was like 13 million US dollars that we would have got from the ICC. And that would have gone into tours, it would have gone into salaries, it would have gone into training camps and all this sort of stuff that would have only helped Hong Kong obviously perform better. It would have kept more players around and it, it would have improved them, quite frankly, because when you're worrying about making a living in Hong Kong playing cricket, it's hard to focus on playing cricket if that's the only source of your income. And yeah, that was one of those near misses. Zimbabwe in 2018, beginning of 2018, was the 50 over World Cup qualifiers. And we'd beaten Afghanistan. I think we got beat Scotland or someone else. And we needed to beat Nepal to progress to the next round. And that would have kept us ODI status. Again, so much money for Hong Kong cricket. Um, and the, I remember that game, I was keeping up to the stumps to his R's, And I dropped two catches up to the stumps. Like, yeah, mm. whether they deflected or not, a big way, still dropped him. That batsman went on to score 60-odd, won the game for Nepal. And that meant Afghanistan went through to the World Cup. So if we won that game, Afghanistan wouldn't have even been at the World Cup. And who knows where Afghanistan would be now because they'd still be in the qualifying series. There's so many little moments in Hong Kong cricket like that that really add up and, you know, make a lot of people think, what if, what if. But, uh, yeah, Namibia series, which I wasn't involved in. But it's, it's, the, it's the life of associate cricket. Yeah. Every game has so much riding on it. Um, and it comes down to a few runs in the end. So it's been five years since you were playing internationals. You've been able to sit back and watch the national team. The same sort of system seems to be happening where they get close 95% of the time. They're killing it. And then right at the last hurdle, they, they, they fall short. From an outside, being a youngster playing in, and now five years uh, between playing internationals, what, what, what have you watched and seen and feel like Hong Kong needs to do to... To progress to the next level yeah it's a tough one because uh, the same thing does keep happening doesn't it like that last t20 series in nepal they looked so good in that first game for a lot of it but then towards the end struggled a bit right like started off so well in that fir that first 15 overs of batting something that always happens with hong kong cricket is a collapse there's two people that score runs and then it's just the rest of the wickets go quite quickly um so batting depth could be one when during my era, inverted commas, um, the massive focus was, you know, going out there with a plan and trying to bat with no fear. And I don't know, I think maybe that made us, uh, trying to bat with a plan made us think too hard about it. Yeah. So many of our boys have so much talent, I think they should just completely go out there with a clear head and play like they do in, in Hong Kong sometimes. Because a lot of them dominate here and then they sort of fail at that, at that next step, whether it's the pressure or whatnot. But in, in terms of, you know, as a structure, Cricket Hong Kong, I think um, a, a lot needs to go into making it professional, and they're trying. Ground availability is always an issue in Hong Kong, so I think they need to spend more time out of Hong Kong, as much time as, as they can out of Hong Kong, using facilities that they can, big grounds, match practice. They don't have to be official tours, but playing against better opposition as much as they can elsewhere. Um, They've also got to tap into all the resources they have player-wise. Um, and I know this has been discussed quite a lot, but I don't think players that have gone off to pursue cricket elsewhere should be overlooked. Mm. Because at the end of the day, they're still from Hong Kong and they're just trying to make themselves better cricketers. So I think Hong Kong, unfortunately, doesn't have the depth to be able to just pick from domestically in Hong Kong at the moment. They need to tap into everything they've got. Um, and the more they tap into that, hopefully the better results get and the more money that comes in and the more they can expand the domestic professional scene. So there's players like in New Zealand, like Callan, yeah. gun player, Ranit Kapoor, who's bowling to the New Zealand team. And Arush Bagwa. Arush Bagwa. Hong Kong's still their home. They still come back. I think they still need to be considered. Yeah. Um, there's players domestically here in Hong Kong who have been left out of tours because they weren't available for a pre-tour. Yeah. They shouldn't be penalised for doing that because they've gone off and got a full-time job to try to support themselves. You know, players at KCC, 
Jamie Atkinson and Marcus Barkat, for example, they were available for the last tour. I'm not saying they should have been selected or whatnot, but at least considered. Yeah. Kinshit Shah at Hong Kong, he couldn't go on that tour because he couldn't go on the pre-tour. You've just got to tap into all the players that you have. As an associate nation, it, we, we don't have the depth. And until we can build that depth through performance, yeah. through structure, through funding and whatnot, you, you, you've just got to tap into everything you've got. You touched on it. I mean, money's obviously an issue as far as people on Hong Kong is concerned, and they're doing a great job with the with, with what they've got. Mm. Um, you mentioned about playing more games overseas. Obviously, we've got the ground restrictions here. I think I think that's a great idea. I think you know you've got to work within constraints of monies and those types of things, but something mm. very much to bounce around. You mentioned players overseas. I just want to touch on someone, a bowler from Perth, who yeah. played in the team for a little while, and he's sort of fallen off the radar, and I don't know where he is, is Kyle Christie. Yeah, and he's only improved over right. the last few years and hasn't, hasn't been looked at. He was one of the quickest net bowlers I've ever faced. Yeah. That was literally, that was scary. He's the one, that, he's the story who answered the Facebook request when yeah. Berkey was here and Tim Cutler were here, and he responded on the Facebook yeah, request. Yeah, another great eligible. story about how yeah. someone ends up playing for Hong Kong. And he was good, and like I said, at that time he was playing suburban turf cricket. And he's gone on to play first-grade cricket for Midland Guildford, a very good grade side yeah. in WA. And he's performing. And I know he wants to come back and play for Hong Kong. Really? I think he had a, a little bit of a falling out with Trent over pay, mm-hmm. funny enough. Um, but he's someone with a wife and a kid and a house um, and a job. So there's got to be, an, as bad as it says, an incentive for him to come back and, of course. and want to play. Yeah. Um, but he does want to. And he, he needs to be looked at because I think bowling depth in Hong Kong is quite limited in terms of pace mm-hmm. and he is one of the quickest so mm-hmm. it would be good to see him back in the, in the picture mm-hmm. I, I asked the question because I, I, I just haven't heard from him. I, you know yeah. I, I do my Google stalking and I know he's still <laughs> playing yeah I uh, just didn't know whether he wanted to still play or not at all um, just about you a little bit more carts what about you specifically and your view of the domestic game here, we know it's, you know, we've touched on the podcast about the structure and how it feeds into the men's or how the development program coming up through. Do you have any specific views on that? Yeah, it's been a big discussion recently since it's been brought up in the podcast. I must say, podcast is a big hit. We all listen to it. Um, I know you're proposing this franchise sort of tournament. Well, not proposed. I mean, it will go ahead. It's just a matter of... It's just a matter <laughs> He's of... Very so it's been approved. It's just a matter it's been of... Approved. Just a, it's been approved yeah. by me. And unfortunately, <laughs> I've just got no authority or no say or anything at all. But, uh, no, we're, look, we're just bouncing around ideas about yeah. the, the the frustration I find. And, and Ravi fantastically came onto the podcast and explained Cricket Hong Kong's position. Which very was diplomatically. Fan- yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was brilliant, right? But I just... I still struggle with Sunday League being the same as the Premier League. I, I yeah. want to see a differentiation. I mean, we're not saying we've got the answer, not at all. We're not that arrogant at all, just mm. bouncing around ideas about how we can potentially strengthen the game, that's all. I think the All-Stars have got to go. I think the All-Stars is a bit of a waste of time because, what is it, four games played over a weekend? Three teams. Yeah. Every time there's an All-Stars, players are playing for different teams and no one cares about the result of the games. Each player is playing for themselves. It's a, it's a selection tournament, right? I think the Premier League has, you know, is better than that because players are playing for their club and there's some passion involved and, and people want to win for their club and for their mates. Cause, so you've got that loyalty, that team, you know, your, your mates and you want to perform for them. My proposal, what I would say, is make it like Australia, a first grade and a second grade. Yeah. And you play everyone twice in 50 overs and T20. So you can still have your divisions and whatnot, but a first grade and second grade team, you make that a you know a season long competition. And you can move up between the first and second grade depending between, on performances. Yeah, okay. gives players an incentive, it rewards performance, um, and but it still has that loyalty to the club. So it's still club so, versus so, club. So what you're passion. saying, if I get it right, so no, so if we think at the moment we've got three divisions as Premier Sunday League Division One, Sunday League Division Two, crash yeah. that into two divisions. Yeah, and have a first and second grade, absolutely, and play the extra games through that. Yeah, instead of my idea of franchise, I just I think like it. if there's money involved in the franchise, I know that sounds different a bit scenario. Bad, different scenario. Then players would be keen to play that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd have much loyalty for franchises. Yeah. I think if you if you keep it to a club structure, and maybe yeah, like get rid of the Premier League and just make Sunday League Sunday League with a first grade and second grade. Yeah. first grade will be seen as the Premier League. You're playing for the Premier side at your club. 
it incentivizes people to train hard to get in that first team because at the moment if you're in second division you're in second division good idea right good idea earlier in the podcast chris i went off i ranted and i said the fincher shield as it's set up at the moment same as the hancock shield the red bull game waste of time here in hong kong we don't play red bull cricket so we change it do one day or in a couple of t20s or something still give the shield away but is there any reason for you do you think to continue playing red ball cricket in hong kong no as much as i love oh, god the tradition of red ball thank cricket, you it doesn't make sense in hong kong They're, we're not playing the i cup anymore when the i cup was a thing great perfect give people red ball practice exposure you know all that sort of all, all that sort of stuff but there really isn't any point the money in cricket worldwide and t20 cricket we don't even play red ball cricket so at least make it more focused to the shorter shorter format Pushy. That sounds very much like what I said earlier Pushy. in the podcast. at the moment, we've got a survey of one, Yep. and it's all on your side. Huzzah! Thank you, Chris Carter. <laughs> got to do an Instagram poll. <laughs> Let the people speak. We may do that. <laughs> we may do that. Reach out to the crowd. Yeah. No, I just think, I think it's... In, I mean, I'm on the other side of it. I enjoy the tradition of it. I think the red ball cricket's the pinnacle. I think there's, the batters can have a lot to learn. We spoke earlier in the podcast about how surprised I was that it finished midway through day two, and Bushy was as well. Uh, be that as it may, I think there's a place for it. But, you know, I suppose I take on board what you're saying as far as the amount of limitation that we've got. As you, didn't far take as on, ground. you didn't take anything on board no, because when I, I said it. Now Chris Carter says it. I respect Chris. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But can I just say, you're playing a two-day two day game, four innings, right? It ends up being 250 over innings anyway. 260 over innings. I mean, I don't know how long KCC batted for on the weekend. I didn't see much of it. HKCC batted for 60 overs? 53.4 and 74. If you want a full game to be played, there's only time for effectively 50 overs per side. Yeah. It's not proper red ball cricket. But but that was my theory. I mean, if we're going to take up the ground for two days and you want to keep the Fincher Shield and the Handjob Shield, play a one-dayer on the Saturday and play a couple of T20s if you want to wear the players out like a normal two-day game. Mm. But at the moment, we play this and everybody goes home at 1.30 and it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I heard there were some anyway, you know, unhappy people on Sunday about that early finish. Well, yeah, and rightly so for mm. what it is, I think. You know, I can understand why there'll be unhappy people about that. But... Uh, well, that's enough for cricket. We'll change the topic when I'm wrong, when people are against me. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll move on. Um, just to wrap it up, mate, as far as um, your pilot career is concerned, talk to us about that. Obviously, you're retired. You're now a pilot. You're fo- following in your father's footsteps. Well, and unofficially mother. retired. The press and retired mother, you. Yeah. And yeah. mother's footsteps. Yeah, following in the, in the family footsteps yeah. of being a pilot employed by Cathay. Mm-hmm. Um, just fantastic. Young man. Just with it all in front of you, right? Did you, did you feel like you had any choice when your mum and dad were pilots? <laughs> no, on that note, I was never forced into being a pilot at all. Like I said, originally it was university and I was going to study finance and whatnot. Um, but in the back of my mind, I, I always wanted to, to be a pilot. It's, uh, yeah, so I joined Cathay, signed on in Hong Kong end of 2019, so November 22nd. Uh, spent the year in Adelaide at flight school before that through the cadetship. That's a wonderful time to start, like... Yeah. Two months before COVID. Yeah, and then so it was two months of normality, and then from 2020 to the end of 2022, it was it was tough. And yeah. on behalf of all Cathay pilots, Bushy, I must say thank you for all the work you did during COVID with the Twitter. You uh, single-handedly dictated our moods. I must say, <laughs> well, we, we would land from a flight, check our Twitter, we'd see your little yellow logo there, and if it was good news, we'd all be stoked. If it was bad news, we'd be upset. Obviously, that's not your fault, but you were just you know, passing on the news, but thank you for that. It really helped. But those two years were tough as a pilot, like the quarantine restrictions, and we all know what we had to go through. Uh, I was lucky to keep the job. Uh, If I joined a month later, I would have been culled, would have been made redundant. So it's one of those things where everything happens for a reason. So if I didn't retire at the time I did, who knows where I would be right now. Um, But since everything opened up at the end of 22, it's been great. It's been a great year. I've maxed out my flying hours, so I couldn't have flown any more than I have. And, um, yeah, I've been able to go to a lot of places and, and the lifestyle's been good. So I'm happy with how it's trending. That's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And thank you so much for giving up your time and joining us no, on no the worries. 8 for 52 podcast, My Story with Chris Carter. Thank you for having me. It's been a good one. And uh, 
who knows, we might get you back again sometime as it progresses <laughs> forward. You might make your international comeback and we just have to <laughs> have to get you on to talk about the, that. The headlines, pilot returns That's right, to can, Hong Kong cricket. I can see it in the South China Morning Post now. Pilot flies the team. Wicketkeeper <laughs> flies the team to the World Cup qualifier. Something along those lines. Carts, mate, absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah, pleasure's all mine. Thanks, guys. This is Jason Loy from the CHK Dragons, and you're listening to the 8 for 52 podcast with Bodders and Bushy. And now it's time for Bushy's Birthday Bonanza. Bushy's Birthday Bonanza. That's why everyone listens to this podcast. This is the 15th episode of the BBB Bushy's Birthday Bonanza. Take us away. Well, we're going to start off with one that isn't even in the spreadsheet. Oh, database issues again. Here we go. It's not a database issue. This person... It's it's not in the spreadsheet. It's a database issue. Well, not an active player. Right. But I found out when my Facebook notification came up today that it's his birthday. It's your guest from last week, episode 14. Ravi. Ravi. Fantastic. Happy birthday, Ravi. That is brilliant. Yep, Happy that's, birthday. Uh, today we're recording December 7th, so that's his birthday today. We missed out on putting it in last week because I didn't know. Because you didn't have it in your database. It's in the database for next year, I yeah, assure right, you. Right. So happy birthday today for Ravi on December 8th from Kowloon Cricket Club, Arush Garg. Happy birthday, Arush. Fantastic. And then on the 9th, which I believe would be Saturday, yep. from uh, HKCC Premier, the captain. Kinshit Shah having a birthday. Kinshit having a birthday on Saturday with the game on Sunday. So hopefully he has a nice early night and he's up ready for the big game on Sunday. Well, he'd want to be because somebody's having a birthday on Sunday from KCC. It is a T-Kickball. A T-Kickball. Now, I assume he's going to be selected. I assume he's available. I assume he's fit. So he's going to play up the hill on his birthday. Yeah, against birthday boy from Saturday. And I just tipped against him on his birthday. He's not going to be happy with me <laughs> he at is all. He's not going to be happy oh, with you. No, no, no. And the final birthday this week goes to Hamad Mohammed Khan from USRC Premier. He's having a birthday on the 13th. Oh, that's brilliant. Happy birthday, happy birthday. We've got a lot of birthdays this week, Bushy. Yeah, well, you always complain I don't have any. Today I've got lots. We've got five. Ravi, Arush, Kinshit, Atik and Hamad Mohammed Khan. Happy birthday from the 8 for 52 podcast. Hello, guys. My name is Mohammed Ghazanfar. I'm national player. I play for USRC. And you are listening to 852 podcast, Borders and Bushy. Bushy, my saddest time of the week. Happiest times, Bushy's birthday bonanza, which was a beautiful one tonight. Saddest time of the week when it's time to wrap it up, episode 15. We do the birthdays and then it's it's time to go. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. The yin and the yang. What about Red Bull cricket? Yep, well, it's got to go. And our guest this week on my story, Chris Carter, agrees with me. Yeah, yeah we, we had a survey of one and then we had a survey of two off air with none other than Dan Pascoe, who's actually with me. So at the moment, it's all equal. Doesn't count, wasn't on the podcast. Look, mate, it's a good debate. I'll tell you this. Now, my immediate reaction is, you're wrong, okay? And I'm probably still there. Mm. But having listened to Carter, a current player, I'm an old man, right? Mm. Listen to Carter. Very old. But let's just ease up a little. Older than you, yes. (laughs) Younger at heart, yes. (laughs) Just think about it. If you were to have, still play for the Shield, right, but have a 50-over game on the Saturday, so you're still live into Sunday, whoever wins it, 50-over on Saturday, two T20s on the Sunday, that might bring the crowds in more than a two-day that, match. That, that sounds very similar to what I said in the intro. Like, I think, I think like it, literally I think is what I said I think in the intro. No, you were wishy-washy. You I, said, was, I don't know. I, sh- I don't know. I, I can don't know. show you. I still reckon you're wrong, right? And I still reckon that the... The, the longer form of the cricket is required, and not just for the traditional, but for the fact that it helps the players adjust to different conditions they might play in around the world. But anyway, I think it's got some legs, and I think it's worth talking about, but I'm still very much on the side of keeping the, the two-day two uh, two game. And let's, about the two-day game, we discussed at the Fincher. There's controversy everywhere. Oh, amazing. We didn't mention it earlier, but... 
We, we touched on it, but uh, Hong Kong Cricket Club didn't fill in their team sheet right. They signed it, but they ticked the wrong players. I actually had the, when we're on comms, when it was all blowing up, I had the actual team sheet in front of me, and it was very clear they ticked Sahar Malvankar to play, who was one below Rag Kapoor. Mm. So it was an So Rag Kapoor comes out to bat, and everyone's like, hey, the scorers and the third umpire is like, ooh, you're not supposed to be here, son. That's right. And anyway, it was all sorted out. Sahar Malvankar did play. Uh, did not play, but he played up the hill, got a, a hundred. And um, you know what? He's going to be our guest next week for the last one of the year. That's going to be exciting because he's just a run fest at the moment. He is, he is. It's going to be great to chat with him. He will be my story next week, Salhal. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that one already. We've got him lined up. This week's my story was uh, Chris Carter. That was enjoyable. I like listening to Chris. Yep, very wise. I mean, can fly a plane, keep wickets. It's very important. Bat. Very important that uh, at least when I get on a plane that I've got confidence in the pilot and I've got full confidence in Chris Carter and everyone up at Cathay Pacific. It was a really good chat. He's days from Perth up into Hong Kong, never officially retired, still eligible for selection when available. So uh, it's fantastic. Went through that. That was a really good interview. And um, well, I think that's about it, Bushy. I think we're done. We're done. And this is our second last episode for the year. Correct. Only one more next week with Sahal. Then we're going on uh, Chrissy break. A three-week hiatus, and we will be back before the round that starts on the 14th of January. I think we're back that week. So we'll have a three-week hiatus. We will be back with the 8 for 52 podcast. Bushy, we've got to thank you. What for this time? Well, just for being you through 2023, <laughs> through the start of this podcast, through to episode 15. You've done a tremendous job off air. Not so good on air, but you've been brilliant off air. Uh, there's always a compliment with a little <laughs> bit of a dig, isn't there? This is the 8 for 52 podcast. We'll be back with one more in 2023 next week. Goodbye. See ya. The 8 for 52 theme song is The Coin Toss from the band The Duckworth Lewis Method. Find them on Apple iTunes and YouTube and download that song and all their other cricket-related music. The 8 for 52 podcast is edited, produced and published by Matt Botfield and Aaron Bush for Tripperhead Limited. Copyright 2023.